Hello, and welcome once again to the Morbid Museum. We are your hosts, Katie Mead and Luke Boyd. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to anyone who's a new listener. I'm so sorry you're starting on this episode because <laughs> I'm so scared. Welcome to October, folks. This is going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> Luke, tell us what you're doing today. Today's discussion, folks, is about Robert the Doll. This museum artifact is reportedly haunted and is in the permanent collection of the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Florida. Yes, Florida. Various unexplained phenomenon are alleged to have occurred in Robert's presence over his 100-plus-year history, and personal misfortune has been attributed to the doll's dark energy. Mm. <laughs> now, human beings have long reported supernatural happenings um, mm -hmm. or life spirits have been imbued to inanimate objects. And oftentimes those inanimate objects that have anthropomorphic features or that look like people, aka mm -hmm. a doll, seem to have more of this power than other objects. And what's really interesting about this is that we can talk about haunted history all the time. And there sure. are many there are many haunted dolls I'm going to talk about a few more at the end, just to no! just, just to drive it home. I really well, I wanted to offer something unique. So, um, <laughs> so but what's really interesting about this is that this is an object that is in a museum and is encountered by thousands of people every it's single fascinating year. Fascinating and so, so different yeah. from than so many other objects like that. It's very unique. And, you know, so this also gives us an interesting conversation about how museums deal with paranormal stories. And I think this mm. is really our hook in this <laughs> is, you know, because um, because because um, uh, Katie and I have worked at several different museums. And yes. aside from the one that we both worked at together, um, most museums have a dark haunted side. And they grapple with how to interpret it, how to narrate mm -hmm. it, how to accommodate it, which is a fascinating story in its own. And so we can talk all about that. So before we go forward now, what I'll say first is that this story is very well known. It's covered in numerous podcasts in the pod sphere. So oh, yeah. please sink your teeth into other media. There's a lot of YouTube videos and a lot of things to see and read and do if you don't go to Key West. This story of Robert the Doll is alleged to have been the inspiration for some of our really scary modern horror movies, including Child's Play, the Chucky series, which... Fuck. Those movies. I love those movies. <laughs> those are my chat. So before we really dive in, sure. as you all know, I am a horror movie scaredy cat, always have been. Mm -hmm. But I always ask people, like, what are your greatest fears on earth? Right. Yeah. To me, I have I have what I call a rational fear and an irrational fear. My rational fear is I'm very scared of being in a fire. I think mm. it's it's an absolutely terrifying concept. I have some family trauma around it. So it's not an unreasonable thing to be very afraid of. Yeah. My unreasonable is marionettes, ventriloquist mm. dummies. Any as you were describing Luke, dolls that take on a human expression for fear of them coming to life. And 
that has been with me since I was a very young child. Like I would like shake and mm. get like really f- have a physical reaction to it. So you doing this episode feels like therapy for me. <laughs> like I'm really going to go through some things fear, today. <laughs> fear immersion. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh well, God. let me start with a, a safer question. Okay. Um, did you? Did did you have a doll growing up that you were attached to or that didn't scare you, one that was with you all the time? Loads of them. Yes. In Mm. fact, there's a little bunny that I have that is a wind-up musical doll. His name is Victor because I named him that after my grandpa. And he plays uh, Frere Jaca. My daddy bought him for me. It was my first present from him ever. And now it's my daughter's. So that one, not afraid, totally cool. Love that toy. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. My childhood doll was, I can't remember the name of what the actual, I think is actually, his name was Spunkle. I think that was the name he gave <laughs> <laughs> which sounds Victorian. Disgusting. But he, oh, he, yeah. he was something like a Cabbage Patch knockoff or something. He was like a little doll with a, a cloth body and like a plastic face. And he had a long like bedtime hat. And um, oh, he also had cute. he also had a little buddy with him called Tinky, this little ringy ringy doll. Um, Where the fuck did your parents find this thing? I don't know. It was very <laughs> 1980s. It's like very Cabbage Patch looking. But what's it creepy about like it. it? What's creepy about it is that I love that doll to death. There's photos of me carrying it everywhere when I was young. Mm-hmm. And um, like any doll, uh, you're a kid. I like bit into the doll's like forehead and there's like a huge like a hole in the forehead and the eyes are all gone. So he's kind of scary now, Evil. you know, he's, he's beat up. Yeah. <laughs> but he is, I think still in the uh, permanent collection of my parents' house in Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have tickets for there next week and I can't. Yes. Good. Half off. It's open for two <laughs> hours a week. Uh, <laughs> happy hour with my parents. Um, Absolutely. So we all have a doll and that's essential part of the human experience is to carry a small creature with you, whether it be a stuffed animal or a small- A lovey. Yeah, yeah. a stuffed little thing. And yeah. those things often are ways in which we- you know, socialize and, you know, or how we cope with social situations. You have to clutch your doll near you if you're feeling scared or feeling anxious and things like that. And so we pour a lot of energy into those dolls, don't we? And so, again, we don't necessarily believe in all of this, but. We don't? Um, oh, okay. <laughs> well, let's just put a disclaimer out there. So this story, folks, is steeped in oral tradition and yes. legend. It's. It's slimmer on facts than most. So kind of like Cropsy and the other podcasts, we're dealing with folklore. We're it's dealing a real with ghost story. It it's is. a real ghost story. Yeah. And so the the facts are questionable. So we'll be trying to parse through what is believed to have happened and what has actually happened. Paranormal and psychic phenomenon have been a part of the human experience for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And they lie beyond the empirical approach to museums. Museums are concerned about verifiable facts and Absolutely. what you can measure. Museums often do not condone or endorse paranormal entities, but museums often come into possession of dark objects or stories with a ghostly story. And they preserve places that are allegedly haunted as well. Mm -hmm. And they often interpret that history because it appeals to a segment of their audience. When I worked at the Mark Twain House and Museum in Hartford, Connecticut, we would do these, I think they called them the uh, after hours tours or something. They were these ghost tours, standard mm-hmm. ghost tour. So you'd wear all black and you'd, I had like a little battery powered lantern. Oh and yeah. You'd, and you'd walk through the house and people would visit the museum who would never otherwise visit during the day. They are hunting 
paranormal experiences. They want to be scared. People they want, want to have that. an encounter. And I, when I first started giving the tours, I was very skeptical. I was like, well, if you believe in this kind of thing, this, okay. And then <laughs> what I realized was this is pure infotainment. If I could seduce people into the story with this ghostly apparition idea, hopefully I can imbue or tell them something about Mark Twain. That's, <laughs> that's, that's good, right? Yeah, so, no, it's a vehicle. And so sure. I leaned into it. And at, after about six months of doing it or the first season of doing it, I then went full ham. Oh, um, fuck yeah, you did. So, I yeah, would so, anything to be on that tour. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I would like get to the billiard room and I'd be like, Shh, everybody, shut. Did you, did you hear, did you hear that? I think I heard one of the billiard balls clacking. I, I, Sam, Sam, if you're here, <laughs> can you just blow some cigar smoke? So, and people ate it up. So if you were on my ghost tour 10 years ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I hand it up for you. I lied. I lied to you. <laughs> I lied to you. So let's get back to Robert the doll. Okay. All right. So the doll belonged to a young man named Robert Eugene Otto. The Otto family was from Germany. Yeah. And they moved to the United States in the late 19th century. And they ended up settling in Key West, Florida. And they were a family of means. Mr. Otto, Robert's father, was a pharmacist and a doctor. So he was well-to-do, and the family was of the upper class. Robert Eugene Otto would become an author, a painter, and kind of a celebrity in Key West. His real claim to fame was that he was an artist, and he would go on to create many works, many of which are preserved in various Key West museums and galleries. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah, he has an interesting story of his own. He has a claim to fame beyond having this haunted doll. This really overshadows him, unfortunately. <laughs> it does. It really does. And so there are many different stories of where the doll comes from, mm. but what we tend to believe based on historical research that's verified is that the doll was brought to this country from Germany in around 1904, and it was made by the Steiff Toy Company in Germany. Okay. And Steiff is still around. This is really cool. Steiff is the same company that made the original teddy bear in honor of Theodore Roosevelt. <gasps> oh my God. So they are old world masters of yeah. balls and toys. So I'll tell you what, in general, like we have multiple like bears and things for our daughter um, by the Gund company, also German. They make just damn good stuffies. I <laughs> Hella props to the Germans for that one. <laughs> I was watching a German news piece, like a Steiff tour today, and the care and attention they take. Oh, I can't you imagine. Know, you're watching these women sewing these eyes on these little teddy bears, and you know, they they it's a science for them. You know, I mean the Germans they're known for their precision. <laughs> <laughs> and creepy, creepy toys. Um, and creepy toys. <laughs> So the doll was likely purchased by Robert's mother when she was in Germany, and it was purchased for Robert for his fourth birthday. Mm, the doll okay. itself, empirically, the doll is 40 inches tall. So it's like a little kid. Hate and it. It, <laughs> is, <laughs> it is stuffed with what's called wood wool, which I had not heard of before. That sounds they so not cuddly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds stiff, right? Yeah. And when you look at Robert, he looks kind of, he doesn't look very cuddly at all. He does. Um, yeah, he, he looks the he's opposite. <laughs> aged 
And um, so he's made with wood wool and wood wool is basically wood shavings that are so finely made that it resembles wool. So what I would mm. imagine is that wood wool is very durable in that it can probably retain its shape a lot better than a traditional wool, which might become limp or kind of sallow over time. Wood wool is a little more durable. It's it's lumber. You know? That makes sense because he is in very good shape when when you guys all sign on and see a picture of him or you Google a picture of him. He's Much not like than, all floppy and falling apart like my daughter's, you know. Much better than honey. Spunkle, for sure. Poor um, Spunkle. <laughs> <laughs> so the doll is seen wearing a sailor's suit, which likely was an, a costume worn by Robert the human when, when he was a young lad. And Robert the doll also has a little character with him, another little stuffed animal that he's holding in his lap. It kind of looks like a dog to me, but apparently it's known as Leo the lion. I didn't remember that. I didn't yeah, Robert remember and that, Leo. He that he had a little friend. Yeah, which I love, which is yeah, yeah. similar to what to my team. I mean, situation. as a kid. A two-for-one stuffed animal? Are you kidding me? Hell yeah. I'm on yeah. board. <laughs> so you mentioned before your irrational fears. Now get ready for them to collide. No. Because apparently when Robert was minted, he his face today is very expressionless. It has like holes and pockmarks in it, and it looks just like a beat-up dude. Yeah. But when the doll first arrived, it apparently was painted like a jester. Or a Shut clown. the fuck up. No, 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 no. Clowns and dolls. Clowns and dolls. So I'm one of my least favorite. Well, my favorite episode, I guess, of Are You Afraid of the Dark was the clown episode. Like the clown, the evil clown. It was so scary. I hate kid. that episode. Oh, my God. So bad. So it's believed that the doll was fashioned in the likeness of Robert Eugene Otto. Um, some of some of the museum thinkers out there believe that it was actually actually Steiff commented on this and said that based on what it looks like, it may have been purchased from a window display and was part of a set. Oh. So probably would have been more expensive, a more of a premier item. So it, it is unlikely that Mrs. Otto went to Germany and said, here's a photo of my son. Please make, the, you know, it's probably not that. It's okay. probably just a doll that was ready made. She probably um, also would have spoken German and not had a bad accent like you just did. Oh, yeah, did. totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Robert, the human, upon receiving Robert the doll, stopped going by Robert. He actually called his doll Robert, and he took on the shortened version of his middle name, Gene. So for is the it an option of... to leave the room and just let you do this alone? <laughs> Robert has entered the chat. So, so this is interesting that he has this doll named Robert, and all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm no longer Robert. I'm Gene. It's so disturbing. So the kid is like, I'm Gene now. Okay. So he's Gene for his whole life. Gene had a close relate. He'll be hereafter known as Gene. Okay. Gene the had son, a close. The son is Gene. Okay. Yes. Gene had a close relationship with Robert the doll. Robert was his constant companion. Now, like any young kid, when Gene got into trouble, he would often blame the doll for his misbehavior. He but would say, is that any young kid? Really? Every young kid. Every young kid. I, I didn't never do blamed it. my toys. I didn't do it. Robert did it. Yeah. My favorite was my sister had a great imaginary friend called Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody did a lot of shit in our house growing up, I tell you. That, <laughs> if one of my kids said there was a Mr. Nobody controlling the scene, I'd be like, oh, you're haunted, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so he would say, Robert did it. That was always the answer to everything. Robert did it. Robert did it. Oh, that's funny, right? Kid stuff. Um, and Gene would talk to the doll at length. And what's creepy 
is that family members clearly remember hearing a response to Gene's prompts, perhaps from Gene, perhaps from the doll. But the voice that was heard was very deep for a young lad. <laughs> so you can imagine, hey, Robin, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but this really should be a video episode. <laughs> so, of course, like many of these haunted doll stories, the doll would apparently move on its own when he belonged to Gene, and apparently his face, facial expressions would change. And these are hallmarks of these haunted doll stories, which occur all over the world. Right. Is that the doll is moving on its own. It's autonomous. Right. Um, you know, it was on that side of the room. Now all of a sudden it's on that side of the room. Yeah. Correct. All that Correct. horrifying shit. Apparently, when he was a kid, Gene would wake up screaming in the middle of the night, and the autos would run into the room to find overturned furniture all over the room, and Robert would be seen glaring at Gene from the foot of the bed. <laughs> These are the stories that have been told over and over again, almost as gospel, but there's no way to really verify any of this. Right. Um, it's not like the auto – there's no documentation from the autos themselves of these stories. Or No. It's, it's pretty there? slim. Okay. That pretty makes slim. me feel better. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hard to it's hard to know what's what's real. And but people love the myths and the legends. Um, of course, yeah. Often um and so what's interesting too is that Robert was like a permanent resident of the house where the autos lived even though Gene when he grew up would go different places and so a lot of people would encounter and visit Robert the doll and that's experience what I, Robert the doll. I'm sorry, yeah. like that's what I always found so interesting about this story is that despite his strong attachment to him as a child, it's not like he took him with him as an adult. Mm. He stayed behind, which happens, I think, with a lot of kids and their toys. Yes. They end up in, you know, your parents' garage or the attic. My dad's calling me, asking me if he can finally get rid of all this shit, which literally happened two days ago. Oh, it's so, constant. Yeah. Oh, it's constant. So that I always found interesting. We're because... throwing Spunkle out. Get your ass over here. <laughs> Spunkle's going down. (laughs) But in this case, Robert really was a resident of the house. Yes, yes. And I'm going to come back to what you just said about Robert's relationship with Gene as they got older together. So giggling was often heard in the house. That's um, worse than yep. than a deep, angry voice to me. Mm-hmm. I hate oh, that. Insidious. Um, Literally. A big, a, <laughs> yes. Hey, oh my gosh. I was, yeah, I was watching, I watched The Conjuring this weekend. Like, I'm oh getting into it. Oh my God, that it. movie, yeah, that movie so ruined my life. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of myths and a lot of legends. And some of the paranormal thinkers out there, and, and the museum people who own Robert, have taken great lengths to say what's true and not true. There has been a long-held myth that... Robert the doll was not given to Gene by his mother, but that it was given to him or cursed by a scorned servant of the Otto family. Oh, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. So yeah. there was a, a couple who worked for the Ottos for decades. Their names were William and Emmeline Abbott, and they were from mm-hmm. the West Indies. And so often this woman is referred to as the woman from the Bahamas or a Haitian woman. And the idea is that she gave the doll to to Jean as a, or cursed it as a retaliation for wrongdoing. And people think the wrongdoing is that Mr. Otto, the father, had an affair with Emmeline. Perhaps it was Ooh. not consensual, that kind of thing. Um, Robert has often been thought of as a voodoo doll. And so a lot of these things kind yeah. of coalesce around the why of why Robert is haunted. What's interesting also is that one of the paranormal investigators who was interviewed about Robert believes part of this is true in that he believes that Robert the doll is inhabited by the spirit 
of one of Emmeline Abbott's stillborn children. Ooh, that is dark. So Emmeline and William Abbott had two kids that didn't survive. You know, they, they died very young or died in childbirth. And so people have seen apparently a, an apparition of a mixed race girl or a darker skinned young lady hovering around Robert, which of course gives credence to whatever hypothesis you're trying to ship right. about Robert, Emmeline, Dr. Otto. Right. So that's an interesting sidebar that of course I had to talk about because it's part of this milieu of Robert's backstory. So well, yeah, said, because yeah. it's interesting because this is a, a rare thing, like you said, where it lives in a museum. And so you have people who have actually really studied this artifact and its story. So mm -hmm professionals have picked apart no these are the stories that make the most sense we still can't say that it's you know haunted but it, we can at least rule out these things right and a museum label has to say it has long been said there's this bahamas exactly. connection that's been unfounded right so right. It's, it's all part of the general back ish Mm -hmm. So the doll remains at the Otto household at 534 Eaton Street, which is still standing today. It's known as the artist's house because of Robert Eugene Otto being an mm -hmm. artist. Mm -hmm. And Robert Otto studied art in Chicago, in New York, and eventually in Paris as a young man, where he met his wife, Annette Parker. And Annette Parker was from New England, and she was a singer. And apparently the two of them collaborated um, on various artistic ventures. Gene uh, would write lyrics to music she would sing and things like that. After a number of years, when the Ottos are are now aging, Jean's parents, they return to Key West. Mm. And thus begins the rest of the story. So Jean, I'm sorry, Robert, I should say, had his own room in the artist's house. And it was- The doll had the his doll. own room? The doll had his own room. The doll was first in Jean's studio, which was in the turret of this Victorian house. And eventually, Gene moved him to his own suite, and he furnished the room for Robert, complete with doll-sized furniture as an adult. That's normal. <laughs> it's very healthy and normal. <laughs> and so what I should say also, which is really interesting to me, is that I've never been to Key West. Nor have I. Key West apparently is known as one of the most haunted cities in the United States. Very haunted. My aunt, who is a delightfully eccentric person and very into spiritualism and ghosts and stuff is obsessed with going there for that very reason. It's, it's a, a huge draw. For that. Yeah. It's a huge draw. And so I was really interested in like why that is or why people think that and all of that. And so the Florida Keys is this, you know, 125 mile chain of islands. And people think of it sort of as the Salem of South Florida. According to paranormal experts, because the islands themselves are sort of coral reefs that have been exposed by, you know, over the ice age, the thawing and freezing of oceans, coral reefs that are heavy in limestone. Limestone apparently is a dark psychic magnet. Mm -hmm. Apparently dark spirits are attracted to limestone. So there are some that believe that paranormal energy is sort of drawn to places where there is limestone. But when you think about it also, there's a lot of human experience wrapped up in the Florida Keys. You've got boat graveyards, you had mm -hmm. old slave ships, pirate vessels, so you got a lot of forsaken passengers and crew. And yeah. the idea the idea some have said is that the spirits have nowhere to latch onto but these mm. itty bitty islands. So the islands per capita are very dense in spiritual and dark energy. 
And, you know, from what I've been told by people who've, who have been to the Keys, it's so, like, fabulous down there. Fuck yeah. I'm going to stay. Sounds great. <laughs> if you're going to haunt somebody for centuries, yeah. Hemingway well be... and all these polydactyl cats? That sounds fucking lovely. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Hemingway. Um, <laughs> but in Key West proper, also, there's a couple other things. There's the Captain Tony's Saloon, which yes. apparently was, was built over an old morgue and mm -hmm. a hanging tree, a yard arm. You have Civil War soldiers who suffered from yellow fever in the 1860s who apparently are trapped in Key West. Always good. Um, there was a necrophilic doctor, of yeah, course. Yeah, there was. Um, and, you know, practices of Santeria, sacrifices, things like that. Absolutely. All so of got the this, recipes for total. Yeah, you've got voodoo, disaster. you've got East and West, you've got colonial, you've got enslaved people, you've got civil mm -hmm. war, all these different energies, you know, competing together. So, dark, dark forces. Yeah. What I should tell you is that Gene would apparently continue his dialogues with Robert the Doll well into adulthood. Gene, come on. And the doll was apparently at his side when he died in 1974. Why? Mm. <laughs> was and anyone else there? <laughs> his wife, I would hope. Gene and Annette Parker had kind of a strained kind of toxic relationship um mm. from what i can understand i believe gene was probably a tough guy to live with um <laughs> why because he's talking to his dog <laughs> he was probably very crotchety or insane or an insane person <laughs> robert what do you think of this um <laughs> or possessed <laughs> uh, no, so, don't do that. No, stop it. No, I'm not doing it again. Um, <laughs> so over the years, you know, there are people who would rent out part of the house, people who would stay there, and people would, would be at the house a lot, whether or not Gene was there or after Gene's death. And people would hear footsteps in the attic room because after Gene died, Annette locked Robert's ass in the attic. Ooh, yeah, no, mm. there's some feelings there. There's some real like fuck this doll, fuck this. Yeah, yeah, but my no marriage. one like no one puts it in the dumpster. Like that's, it just it and just that's lingers. the thing. If I outlived my child, for instance, as like an older person or whatever, like I would cherish that forever. And and or Jay has like a few little stuffies from when he was a little boy that we mm -hmm. have here for the baby. If if he passes on, I would absolutely cherish those. So that says a lot about the feelings around Robert. It does. To me. It does. Yeah. I mean, so various visitors would say like when they come up to Robert, this one journalist talks about like a bar being pressed against his back and this very chilling energy. And again, people mm. saying like, oh, he's changing his expression, which, you know, is an interesting idea. But it's like, you know, you can imagine if the light hits Robert's face differently. Sure. His expression could change with shadows and lights, right? Of course. And there's the power of suggestion, of course. There is. Yeah. And once and the stories just kept coming. These people cycling through the house and they keep encountering this. So the house and its contents were eventually sold to Myrtle Reuter, who owned the doll for 20 years, even though and she took it with her to her next house after she moved out of the artist's house. Mm -hmm. So she she not only became Robert's owner, she became his co companion. She sort of took on this role of being Robert's person, which is sketch. I don't, um, I don't like that. <laughs> she apparently left Robert on the porch uh, at her next house, just as like a creepy uh, porch ornament. Just to <laughs> fuck with people. Let's be honest. It was to fuck with people. I mean, it's free, free Robert. Keep the, the kids away. Course. Now you got to pay for that. Um, That's true. <laughs> 
And so children especially have been really sensitive to Robert's energy. And there's a very mythic story that Myrtle uh, gifted Robert to a young girl or, you know, loaned it to him, a girl who may have been a daughter of renters at Myrtle's home. And the story is that the girl claims the doll tried to kill her multiple times. I remember that because that really stuck to me. (laughs) And the dog is found with a cord around its neck. Mm. So after this, Robert is again placed in the attic. Evicted. <laughs> yeah, placed in the attic in a trunk. Now in a trunk. Which is the right move. Yeah, totally the right move. So some of the paranormal investigators think this story is bunko, but it's one of the more, has a lot of traction, this story of this poor girl who was attacked by Robert. Right, okay. So Myrtle's got this doll for a long time, 20 years, and she finally donates the doll to the 40s Martello Museum in 1994. She claimed, Myrtle claims, she brings the doll to the museum director and says, this is Robert, and he's part of the Otto family, and I can't stand him being in my house anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she claimed that after she locked Robert in a room, Robert locked her in a room. No! <laughs> Apparently Myrtle died three months later after gifting <gasps> Robert to the museum. Myrtle, no! Myrtle. Myrtle does sound like one of your fake historical women <laughs> that you made up. For sure. For Deathel sure. is still <laughs> She's definitely in the story. So yeah. this is the moment where Forty Smartello gets this doll and they're like, what? We got this doll and it belonged to a, to a famous painter and they accession it into their collection. The museum staff are completely creeped out by Robert. He was in storage. And so the story got out that he's in this museum. And so paranormal investigators and tourists start booking appointments to see Robert. And what, again, Luke, what year is this? When 1994. This yeah. Cause I was going to say it's, we're pretty far along. In, yeah. So Robert, in is, 90, life. Robert <laughs> is 90 years old at this point. He you looks know, great. 1904. Though. Yeah. So they're creeped out by Robert. Apparently people would, you know, say like when they came to the museum and asked a book, you know, the staff would try to just throw them off and like, you know, tell them to come back on a day when they're not working. Like no one wanted to physically handle this doll and deal with it. Oh my God. Um, so after so many requests, like dozens and hundreds of requests, he was finally put on permanent display at the East Fort Martello Museum. Mm. What is the East Fort Martello Museum. Great Um, question. Please tell us. So it is a Civil War battery. It's built in 1862. It's part of what's known as Fort Zachary Taylor. And it was built to guard the keys against Confederate assault. Mm. There is a East Fort and a West Fort. And if you've seen a brick, you know, cheese wheel style fort, you've seen you've seen them all. You've seen East, you know, East mm-hmm. Fort Martello. Um, no Civil War battles took place there. The museum today does mm-hmm. have some other haunted history exhibits, which are freaky. Don't have time to go into all those. They are well known for their collection of Stanley Papio's art, a Cuban artist who created a lot of work from salvaged materials. The exhibit is called Junkyard Rebel. Love that. Which is really cool. And I would love to see some of that work. Except that for I'm all, never stepping foot in in that museum ever. I got to tell you, for all my urbex goals, I have seen so many forts and old weird places. I'm good. I don't. No, it's real. It's the doll. I don't want to be there. <laughs> I do not. 
want to go. And I saw some travel vlogs where this, you know, guy holding a camera and he's got this family with him and him and his dad and his like brother go to see Robert. And he's like, yeah, she didn't go. He didn't go. None of them wanted to go besides us three. We all went, we all saw Robert. Like they, the rest of the family visited the museum proper and had a nice time, but people like definitely elect not to see Robert if they get And now they're all dead. Museum. They're dead. <laughs> right. And now they all have diabetes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, not just a fast death, a long, slow, arduous. Yes. And so what I wanted to do was kind of give folks a sense of what's it, what, what it's like to encounter Robert. Not that we've done it, but did a little bit of research. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there, so you can see videos of people walking around the museum. There is a gorgeous Victorian-era hearse displayed right across from Robert's case. That mm. I would love to see. But... I would have to see Robert too. So I can't do <laughs> you could just like get like maybe like horse blinders that you could just put on your eyes. Yeah. Oh, so bad. So every year, Robert is given a physical by museum staff. They check on his status and his care and restoration needs. Do they draw um, straws for that? <laughs> can't pay me enough. Um, and so it's it was long believed that Robert's hair, his blondish hair, was Jean's hair. Uh, but this has been debunked. Oh, weird. It's just yeah, been no, debunked. It's, it's just mohair. So it's Angora goat hair, yeah. um, which is common practice. Again, why would a bald doll come across from Germany and they put his hair on it? You know, it's just yes. like... No we can blow that. apart a lot of these theories. So let's talk about visiting Robert, the encounter of Robert. What does this look like? Yes, please um, tell me because I'm never going to do it. So I'd love to know. <laughs> yeah, this is your virtual experience. Thank so you. <laughs> when the doll entered the collection, lights would flick or go off without reason. Apparently cameras to this day still dysfunction or misfunction around Robert. And thousands of visitors make this trek to East Fort Martello to visit Robert. And when you hear them talking in these videos, we're going to visit Robert today. I'm going to see Robert. It's just very weird, this, this kind weird. of approach that people have. And so there are a lot of rules when it comes to visiting Robert. There are things that you are encouraged to do and some things you're encouraged not to do. What does when that you, mean? When you encounter Robert, you are supposed to introduce yourself and tell him where you're from. Okay. You are disallowed from tapping on the glass case in which he is housed. You well, that'll be easy to do because I'd be 400 feet away from him. So that's not a problem. <laughs> you, you are not allowed to make fun of Gene or Gene's oh. artwork. No, no. Mm -hmm. You are not allowed to question Robert's power in his presence. You are not allowed to critique Robert's clothing. He looks great. Why would I? And you have to ask permission to take his photo. Does he answer? That's the question I had. So apparently, <laughs> according to these believers, sure. they say that Robert would nod his, or move his head in response. And so now, if he doesn't and I take a picture, I, would I die in seven days? What happens? No laughing matter. So the museum receives letters every single week from skeptic visitors who laughed in his presence or said out loud, I don't believe in this, and then attribute a string of misfortunes to being cursed by Robert. <laughs> Apparently, Ozzy Osbourne is known to be a disliker of Robert. <laughs> Not interested oh, in Robert. You mean a guy who bit the heads off of bats is scared of this doll? That that doesn't. The Prince bode of Darkness. Well. 
Correct. Yeah, no, that's not good. <laughs> it's not good. So the museum receives many, many letters, and the letters are all dis- a lot of the letters are displayed in the museum. Oh, I've and- seen that. It's like in his case, right? Yes, they yeah, have like yeah, yeah. scrolling projections and you can see I didn't realize there. that's what those were. Oh my God. So people uh, blame all kinds of calamities, like stupid calamities, real calamities, missed flights, illnesses, premature death, dead pets, divorces, car accidents, disease, you name it. They are all attributed to Robert. And people write these letters hoping to atone for their disrespect and hoping that they can be restored into good favor by Robert. That's there are other incredible. people who write letters and say, hey, Robert, I, I, I took your picture. and I, I said, thank you. And I asked permission. And then I won the lottery. Thanks a lot. So Robert depends and Robert taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what you believe. So, yeah, let me let me give you some samples of these letters. Mm, please. Okay. Yes. By the way, everybody, go. I've been like drinking for this entire episode to help really calm myself down. I'm not being funny. I really am genuinely uncomfortable right now. <laughs> This whole thing is crazy because, yeah, Katie and I may or may not believe completely in some of these things, um, but the letters themselves are a phenomenon and speak to a wide-held belief that's, yeah. that that lives here. And that that to me itself is is scary. That people. I am are... a frightened skeptic. That's yeah. how I would describe myself in terms of ghosts in general. I I'm may a have skeptic. Right. I may have asked Robert for permission last night to do this podcast because I'm, I'm so just, glad that you did. I'm in a very gray space right now. So. <laughs> Very dark. And when you we were planning, tell, do you want to tell everyone about your phone? No. When we <laughs> when we were never mind. When we were, when we were planning out these podcasts, Katie was like, "You could do Robert the Doll if you want." I'm like, "Sure, sure, sure." And I realized, like, oh, she doesn't want to get cursed. I'm gonna get cursed. One hundred percent. So here we go. Robert the Doll. This is okay. This is how it's addressed. It's a typewritten, like like sans serif font. 2015, April 12, 2015. Robert okay. the Doll, East Martello Tower, Key West, Florida. Dear Robert. On March 24th, 2014, I brought some friends to visit the museum and took them to see you. I told them about the stories of you becoming upset if someone takes your photo without permission, but I laughed at that story and took two pictures. <gasps> since, idiot. since then, I have come to realize that there is something true about your power because I have had nothing but bad luck. Our family business, which had allowed my wife and me to purchase a beautiful home on this island, has fallen into very hard times, and all might be lost very soon. The house has termites. <gasps> my romantic relationship with my wife, which has always been great, has fallen to nothing. The arthritis in my knees drove me to see a doctor, and then a month ago, while riding my bicycle, I had an accident which left me with three broken ribs, a fracture in my hip, and torn muscles in my shoulder, which now require surgery. Oh my god, this guy! So here comes the appeal to goodwill. I am a grown-up man, 68 years old, and thought myself too wise, too smart to believe in a superstition, even if I have prayed to Venus for good fortune much of my life. Okay. Well, we should talk about that separately. But anyway, <laughs> I never believed I could be cursed. Now I do believe. Also, the grammar of all these letters, horrible. Yeah, I was going to say this letter is not a good It's letter. like a Santa letter from a five-year-old. If I was um, Robert, I'd be like, you can fuck right off with that. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, have you heard of uh, a spell check? Hello? Spell check. Um, Thesaurus. Try it. I am very sorry that I laughed at the warnings other people have given about your power. Power is capitalized. I have mm. deleted the photos I took of you. <gasps> And it goes on and on. So that's one example. And all these letters are very much. They're all apologizing. And yeah, please, 
lift this curse kind of yes. stuff. Yes, very contrite, very meek, humble. Um, another gentle lady, um, Casey. Hello, Robert. I visited you in Key West on December 26, 2015. If you recall, I told you that I had a handful of lottery tickets, and if I won something, I would let you know. The very next day, I got lucky and won some cash. Thank you very much for the good luck and wish you all the best in the new year. Aw, that's nice. So, you know, of course, when I first thought, saw these letters, I'm like, this is all a hoax, right? You know, the museum staff is writing them. So, you know, yeah. but... And so the museum, in a sense... Whether the letters are real or not, they are shipping the story. They are putting mm. it front and center here. They are completely embracing this story. Because let's be honest, the, the Fort East Martello Museum is not going to get a lot of visitors. Yeah, that's Were the it draw. Not for this draw. This yeah. is the draw. So there are people, people who also, probably go there specifically, like go to Key West specifically yeah. to see this doll. Yeah, at the banner at the museum, there is a, 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 a list of things to see. Robert is at the top. There is like a creepy yeah. cutout of Robert like outside the museum. It's their claim to fame. Mm -hmm. um, another thing which I thought was really funny is that people understand that Robert has a sweet tooth. And so they often leave him candy. Mm. And sweets. That's very voodoo, actually. Yes, it is very New Orleans. Yes. Yeah. And they also leave him money and marijuana joints. That's that's <laughs> very voodoo. When I went to the Voodoo Museum in New Orleans, the stuff that people left in the museum, it was like mm -hmm. cigarettes, whiskey, cigarettes, yes, candy, like whatever they think that he that the person would like, the god would like. That's so amazing. Yeah, I love the cigarettes in uh, New Orleans story. It's yeah, so it's funny. great. That's so funny. Wow, so, I never would have made that connection. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So get this. The museum is capitalizing on this, and they advertise something called the Robert the Doll Experience. What the fuck is that? Which is a 90-minute no. ghost hunting experience. No. Stop it. No. In which you tour the museum at night and Stop get some it. really close engagement with the doll. <gasps> like now they don't take it out of the case okay. but like basically you're in the you're in the museum alone at night with robert no there isn't people love it people love it they're buying tickets left and right this museum must make a fortune off they them. they they must that's, which is I what mean, makes that's... me feel like wouldn't he be fucking with them then <laughs> if they're using right. him yeah and <laughs> apparently the director was filmed in an interview saying she doesn't believe in any of this Ooh. and she's filmed next to robert and she's still alive hmm. so it's how much power yeah it's it's um what do you call it it's a confirmation bias or maybe they have a behind the scenes handshake deal where robert gets like a cut of everything and she has <laughs> to like pretend <laughs> she doesn't believe <laughs> I love this. I love this story. Um, so there's a preeminent Robert the Doll scholar out there. Scholar, you know, he's an authority. <laughs> well. <laughs> His name is David Sloan, and he is the author of several books related to haunted Key West history, and he runs a haunted Key West tour company. So he's really the guy. And he's probably sure. the guy who did all these tours that people started begging to see Robert after David mm. Sloan's tours took off. Mm -hmm. David Sloan believes that Robert is not evil, but he believes that people bring negative energies when they visit him. Mm. And what he's saying is that Key West has a lot of malevolent spirits around and that those spirits are what's latching on 
to the visitors. So it's not Robert that's cursed you. It's the dead Civil War soldiers. It's the people in the old morgue. It's whatever other spirits or non-human spirits, as he contends, are existing in this area. In this, it gets even crazier. Okay. So this is where it's like Robert is like a guardian. So some psychics believe that East Martello itself, the museum, is a portal. And that what? Robert and that Robert is blocking evil spirits from coming through. Who came up with that theory? <laughs> psychics? <laughs> yeah. What is happening? Who was the who was the woman? Sylvia Brown? Remember her? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Yes. And she like she like did a reading of some woman whose husband like died in 9-11. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Your husband's in water. He's in he's in water. He's like, she's no. like, she's like, no, no. He's he very in, much not. Yeah, the twin tower. This guy. He couldn't like, le- he couldn't be in less water. Montello, cut, 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 fade to black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Montel. Martello. Montel. Montel. Martello on Montel. There you go. <laughs> So um, Robert has appeared in so many depictions, cultural depictions, so many ghost hunting shows. Um, Mm. He's been in shows like Deadly Possessions, Ghost Adventures, Artifacts, um, all kinds of different films. Apparently the producers and writers of the Chucky series, Child's Play, say that this is not the inspiration for Chucky. Oh, I always thought that he was. Yeah, I I assumed assumed as much as well. It's a haunted doll. It's a little, it it looks like a doll. And so what they said is that it's actually the Cabbage Patch kids and another haunted doll story and the my buddy doll and i had him oh the my buddy doll don't i know that that is the physical inspiration for chucky which i can't even talk about it because i I had a my buddy doll (laughs) chucky chucky can go right to hell there was a horror film also loosely based on robert called robert and that Mm -hmm. launched a franchise that came out in 2015 there's been several I remember sequels. Seeing it, yeah. Several sequels. The Curse of Robert the Doll, The Toy Maker, The Revenge of Robert the Doll, mm-hmm. and Robert Reborn. And of course, yep. it was featured. Never see any was, of those. Never will. <laughs> keep going. Mm-hmm. It was featured in Lore, the you know the famous podcast oh, and series Lore, on Amazon, sure. that, which we love. I did it much better than I'm doing. Um, Wait, did so, he do? He did it on the podcast and because I know he's he has an actual like series now, doesn't he? He did it on the podcast and the TV series. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's probably one of his first stories he did. Probably, um, yeah. Or, that makes among the first hundred <laughs> so Aaron Mankey Eugenius he's great <laughs> yeah hats um, off to him. so that's a little bit about how you can encounter Robert so mm-hmm. there's a lot of rules there's a lot of procedure but again most of us probably aren't rushing out to see Robert and so we can explore the story via this podcast and via via many other media however something I am curious about is sort of the cult of hauntedness of Key West yeah and the artist's house Gene Otto's house is now a bed and breakfast. <laughs> and you can rent out the turret suite where uh, Robert lived for many, many years. I mean, you can. You can. You I'm can not request gonna. it. Yeah. Here's my question How much? Because <laughs> you know. It's, it's a bougie be, neighborhood. You know it's expensive. Key West yeah. is not a, for for all those that don't know. Key West is not a cheap vacation, y'all. Like no. prepare yourself if you do plan on going. So imagine being in Robert's turret. What the fuck are they charging for uh, that? No, a lot, a lot. Yeah, uh, a stuffed arm and a leg. Um, <laughs> and apparently, there's been a spirit of a woman who's been seen at the house for a long time, and many people believe that this is the ghost of Annette Parker, Jean's uh, wife. His wife, mm. who who had a a challenging time of it from what it sounds like. And hated um, that doll. She hated so, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as we go towards the close, 
I want to talk a little bit about some of the other dolls that are out there in context. So there, <laughs> just there to are... make sure I really can't sleep tonight. Thank you. Oh, you're going to flip about some of these. No. So the most famous doll, uh, haunted doll out there besides Robert is Annabelle. <sighs> and Annabelle is a Raggedy Ann doll. And similar yeah. to Robert, she's about three to three and a half feet tall. She's one of those she's bigger huge. Raggedy Ann. She's big. She's a big, fat old doll from the 70s. And Don't she talk about her like that, Luke. What are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> she was given to a young nurse in the 1970s. And as depicted in The Conjuring and in, I believe, Annabelle's spinoff movie, uh, the nurse and the roommate, her roommate would see the doll or the would you know experience the doll moving in different parts of the apartment, right. leaving handwritten notes in the apartment. Yeah, The Conjuring starts with that. It does. It yeah, does. It's horrible. And so uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, famous paranormal investigators, investigated the doll, and they locked her up in their museum, which was located in Monroe, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And Annabelle is blamed for at least one person's death in her story. So she's got blood on her hands um and her raggedy hands the my most favorite one that i discovered in this retrospective was a doll oh boy it's gonna hurt you a i didn't know this until what you said before a doll named letta letta is an ancient european marionette goodbye <laughs> i'm turning off my microphone i'm taking off my headphones have a good life letta is at least no, i'm not listening She's at least 200 years old. Letta oh. was found under a house in New South Wales in Australia. Leave her there. Right. What? And so the a guy like picks her up and then he like can't get rid of her. He doesn't want to. Every time I think about giving her up, I just I just can't. Letta is really creepy looking because those marionettes have very expressive witch faces. You know, know what I'm talking about. I know. Yeah. The big. <laughs> <laughs> However, Letta's full name is. Let me out. <laughs> okay, that I like. <laughs> so she's funny. All right. Okay. She's funny. She's, she's funny. winning me over now. <laughs> yeah, but same thing. Objects move, items fall off the walls. She apparently does have human hair on her. Oh, I hate that so much. Yeah. She's freaky. Do not Google her. Where um, is she? She is, I believe, still in Australia. I don't know if she's on display. Good. But okay. yeah. So yeah, a lot of these are actually not on display, which I'm cool with. Um, yeah, no, no, no. That's the right move. What's interesting is there's a there's a trend of a lot of these dolls in Singapore. Really? There is the Pulau Ubin Barbie, which was purchased by a gentleman who visited the shrine of a young lady who perished in Singapore. This young girl apparently fell off a cliff, and Ooh. the locals built a shrine to her. And then this man said he was instructed by the ghost of the girl to buy this Barbie. And so the Barbie is like an effigy representation of the girl. And people go to like pay homage to Pulau Ubin Barbie. <laughs> she's just and she's a Barbie doll. She's just a doll. Yes. Yeah, and she's in a glass case and she's in this beautiful Singaporean shrine. You know, it's very beautiful and very floral. Are you gonna are you gonna post pictures of this stuff? Because that's yeah. Really, yeah. No, that's yeah. crazy. There's also the doll at Haogang, which is also in Singapore. Something I think you'll really like, and one that you can visit if you're ever in California. Patty Reed's doll. Oh. Patty Reed was a part of the Donner Party. <laughs> so Patty Reed's family were one of the few families that survived. That Donner, doll saw some the Donner shit. Party. Exactly. And so, yeah, people <laughs> people would say that that doll is haunted. That doll is 
is going through it. That like, it's doll not, it's needs not that, counseling. That doll it's not needs... that like the doll's not haunting people. The doll is haunted by what it saw. <laughs> her, she's haunted by her memory. <laughs> she is so sad and so scared. And she Aww. is now at Sutter's Fort State Historical Park Museum in Sacramento. California. Okay. Poor girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she should be put away somewhere. <laughs> but all of this goes back to, you know, the first idea of the pod of, you know, the unique position museums are in when they are confronting a paranormal story. So Fort East Martello wasn't interested in putting Robert on display when they got him. In fact, no. they, they wanted nothing to do with him. Right. But the public sort of gave them a clue to say that, oh, people want to see this. So let's give the people what they want. I mean, putting a positive spin on this, every tiny little museum, and there are a lot of tiny mm -hmm. museums all throughout the world and in the United States alone, would give their friggin' left arm yes. for a gem like that, a money-making, visitor-driving item like that yes. to fall into their lap. So it's crazy mm -hmm. that they kind of got lucky in this they way. Did. They did because, and I don't, I don't think Fortis Martello does very well visitor wise outside of this. And I don't also think people visit more than once. Yeah. A lot of museums spend a lot of time and energy trying to think of how can we get repeat visitorship? It, yeah, exactly. Right. And in a place like Key West, you have a lot of tourists. So that's not really a problem. But in yes. all the videos I've seen, there's not a line of people to go to Fortis Martello. You know, mm -hmm. so for, again, for all the dozens or hundreds of inquiries per year, that translates maybe into a couple hundred visits. And it's much easier to put Robert on display than to bring him out every time. And it's also better for the artifact. Um, yeah. To have it on display full time. Yeah. Um, well, he's old enough now where he really can't be out all the time. No. Right? No, yeah. he does rotate. He goes to different places in Key West, like on his own. No, they, they move ah! him. <laughs> they move him. <laughs> I saw Robert in the gift shop. Help me. <laughs> So now that being said, Katie, there is a lot of Robert the Doll merch that you can buy that supports that Key West. That you can buy. That you can, well, I'm going to send you a doll. No. Fuck right <laughs> off. I will burn your house to the ground. <laughs> so you can buy small replicas of the doll. You can buy a voodoo version of the doll. Mm. There are shot glasses, coasters, a snow globe, my favorite, mugs, and doll masks. And this all supports the Key West Art and Historical Society. So they're laughing all the way to the bank with this. Yeah, for real. This is why what I'm saying about Robert has some kind of deal with them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, you know, that was the thing, too, with Ed Mark Twain House. It was like they did those tours for a reason because they sold out. They made the museum a lot of money. And yeah. that's what it comes down to with these museum nonprofits. They have to hawk this stuff. Um, and it's hard because I think with something like Robert the Doll, that's very um, that's very innocuous. That's very innocent for them to mm -hmm. have this story. I think it gets more challenging when you're talking about, quote unquote, haunted sites where real trauma happened and really yes. bad things happened there. And you're making it this spooky attraction. I'm not going to go too much into that because I want us to do a, a totally different episode on sort of dark tourism mm. and dark sites and sort of the positives and negatives of that pursuit. But Robert the Doll is a good example of sort of like, yeah, it's still fun. You know, it's not, you're not doing correct any human being any harm. Yeah. Although as Robert to the, might be. <laughs> as opposed to the commercialization of a place like Salem, which is which, oof, very schlocky. Is, 
That yeah. one really irks me real bad. But again, that's for another time. Yeah, it's there's a lot of anachronism. And that's also the difficulty here when you're talking about an attraction mm-hmm. versus a museum. So Fortnite Martello, for all its faults as we may be shading it, is a real museum. It's it part is, of the yeah. West Historical Society. It's it, We would think of it as not a sideshow place or a roadside America sort of spot. It mm-hmm. does have real collections. It has real curators and people who are professional in the staff. So there are so many places you can go online to learn more about this. Definitely check out Steif. Um, they're a really fantastic company. I can't the, wait to look at them. That'll the be The makers fun. of Robert. Do um, they have a Robert section on their site or do they try not to talk about him? They do not. Yeah, they don't put it front and center. Okay. I love yeah. that. Now I'm definitely going to look at the web. They're trying to, they're trying to people, they want people to buy dolls, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can read and see, and we'll put a lot of link in the show notes. I wonder if you have a doll at home that you've poured a lot of your human energy into. Mm. Um, the question is, do you still talk to your doll? It's okay if you do, but think about what happened to Robert the doll and the story that we now associate with him today. So thank you so much for joining us on this tour of Robert the doll. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I really love the angle, obviously, that we're always trying to take with this podcast is really focusing in on it as an artifact, because at this point, that's exactly what it is. Mm. And regardless of whether you are truly a believer or not, this artifact is an incredible part of our history and will remain to probably be that way for a long time to come, as long as they keep preserving him and rotating him around and he doesn't just run off someday. <laughs> but he's been pretty well behaved. I was going to say, he's not changing positions too much. A good museum out there like East 40s Martello would probably say, it's up to you. You make the decision for yourself. Which honestly, that is in large part the job of a museum to make to to give you the information that we've got and offer you the ability to make a choice for yourself. Right. We don't want to tell you how to think. We want to prompt you to make you think. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. This dark item is really a disincentive to visit for a lot Mm. of people. But yet it's attracting so many other people. I think um, I think probably more than not. I'm I probably yeah. personally am in the minority of people who would yeah. not want to go. Right. But when you go to a, a haunted historic house, you don't think you're going to walk away with a curse. Mm-hmm. No. You know what I mean? That's that other level to it, which is really interesting. Like there's this relationship you have with Robert after your visit or before your visit. And you can talk to Robert when you go back to Kenosha, you know, or wherever, which is just so unique. Um, yeah. And very interesting. But it is a part of, you know, it's a very American synthesis. Of, yeah. It's a European object, came to America, gets twisted in Key West in the cultural hybrid, you know, Haitian. jazz of it. Yeah. Haitian, yeah. Creole, voodoo, it's all this stuff. All that. Yeah. All gets swirled. It's a very into it. American haunted, spooky artifact. It really is. Well, look at that. <laughs> well, you survived. You made it. Good job. Woo! And we finally got out of New York and medieval Europe. So that's good for us. (laughs) Yes, Florida, we're coming for you. And we're coming to more states next. So we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun content planned for October. Um, We had a really fun time last week with the Malaeus Maleficarum. Uh, You know, fun here and there. (laughs) Katie, where are you taking us next week? Oh, mm, all I'm going to say is, because I don't want to give up too much up front, all I'm going to say is we are continuing to explore this world of spirituality and the paranormal. 
So that's our o- October vibe is we're, we're keeping it spooky. <laughs> I'm really excited for my next take because it has connections to this story. So, I know it does. Um, it's going to be really fun. So teasers, folks, teasers, 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 <laughs> teasers, keep listening. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Morbid Museum podcast. Please remember to rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Become a my buddy, more buddy. Um, And until next time. (laughs) I hate that. (laughs) Until next time, we'll see you for another spooky gallery talk inside the Morbid Museum podcast. Bye-bye. Hopefully we see you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Robert. Robert.